It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I am your host, Colton Molesky, bringing you daily Wolves content on the Locked On Network. I'm joined by Mitchell Hansen. He is a, a writer and contributor for plenty of plenty of Timberwolves places, uh, writes about the Timberwolves, about the Lynx. He's a basketball aficionado. Mitch, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So... The Timberwolves are uh, continuing their their West Coast stint. They're going to be in Portland tonight. Tomorrow night, they are going to be on the road as well against the Utah Jazz. Uh, Timberwolves are are I guess uh, not not hot, but they're looking pretty good. They've played the Bulls and the Kings, so not the best opponents, but they've uh, beat both of those teams, uh, taking care of business against both of those and are on a two-game win streak without Jimmy Butler uh, after he went down against the Rockets, their first game back from the All-Star break. Looks like they're figuring some things out. Uh, it'll be interesting here because since Jimmy Butler went down uh, against the Rockets, they've had pretty easy opponents. The Portland Trailblazers have looked really good. They've won uh, their last three straight and uh, against against the Golden State Warriors before the All-Star, I should say they've won the last three straight out of the All-Star break. They've won four, if you include the game, against Golden State before they went to All-Star break. So on a four-game win streak. Damian Lillard dropping 31.4 points per game in February. This is obviously the first day of March. So he, he, he'll be hot. He'll be hot, to say the least. CJ McCollum, you always got to account for. That backcourt is looking nasty. The frontcourt is starting to come into its own. If the Timberwolves can get, somehow get a win on the road here, is this say something about what Towns and Wiggins and Teague are able to do without Butler for you? Yeah, I mean that that'd be a, a huge, uh, you know, success if they're they're able to you know start this kind of brutal stretch off with with a win like that. Um, especially you know considering that, like you said, Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler's out and he will be for the foreseeable foreseeable future. Um, but you know. The, the thing that you know kind of stands out to me is you know this is a big you know, Jeff T game as much you know as as big as it is for you know Wiggins and Towns to continue to do what what they've been doing but you know this is a big Jeff T game just because you know he does he is going to have to uh, you know deal with that backcourt of of Damian Lillard and and CJ McCollum so you know that that is going to be you know a big test and you know it'd be nice to if you know if he if one of those guys for for Portland does kind of go off, it'd be you know interesting to see if Jeff T can kind of match that to some extent. 
um, you know, kind of like he has been in the last, you know, five, six games with, with his play and, and offensive production. So, um, you know, overall this, you know, what we've seen from, from Towns, Wiggins, and, and Jeff T kind of stepping up, as well as other people, don't get me wrong, but, it, you know, those three in particular, with what we've seen from them, you know, kind of stepping up and kind of taking charge while Butler's out, you know, that's a very encouraging sign. Um, you know, and, and if, if Jimmy Butler is able to, to return before the playoffs or whenever he is, is able to return from his injury, um, you know, you'd like to kind of see the, that play, you know, maintain itself and kind of, kind of stay up there, you know, along with the production of Butler. Um, so, you know, if, if Minnesota can kind of, uh, you know, figure everything out here and, you know, try and, you know, first of all, get through this, this tough stretch here in the next seven, eight games, that'll, that'll definitely be, uh, you know, very important in, in, if they're able to, you know, even get through this this stretch with a a 500 record, I would, you know, think that that's a success on Minnesota's end. Well, and to the, I think the thing that kind of leaps out to me right away when I I was prepping for the show, kind of think about this game, uh, it's nice to come off of a a couple game stretch and have a few days of rest like the Timberwolves have had, but Damian Lillard is going to be a real problem for this team. I you have Jimmy Butler out. He's definitely their best defender. Wiggins has to kind of be that guy. I don't think that Teague can really handle uh, playing defense on Damian Lillard all night long. I, I'm assuming that that task will kind of fall into Wiggins' lap. Uh, and you, maybe you play you just depending on who is the hot hand on the night, uh, Lillard or McCollum. But I'm assuming that Lillard... His the the defensive responsibilities fall to Wiggins, uh, and that is really a big test because all year long, kind of the the mantra of the defense around uh, Wiggins has been it's really good for him to be able to guard the second best player on a team, and that has really helped him shine defensively. Now you see over the next few games, he's probably going to have to take those defensive tasks of uh, of taking the number one guy uh, based obviously on matchups. Sometimes Towns will have to take him if it's a bigger guy inside, but usually it's going to have to fall on Wiggins. And so I think more then offensively, defensively, this these next few games are really going to test Andrew Wiggins. If he can step up, even if he doesn't make a big splash offensively for the next, let's say, six games, if he can step up defensively, does that help get you to a place where you're really starting to justify that offseason contract? Because I know a lot of people are calling it into question. So if Wiggins can really be the guy to step up on defense for the town ta- for the for the team over the next couple weeks here, does that say more to you about what he's worth in that contract rather than him stepping up on offense? You know, I think it certainly kind of helps ease the thought of, you know, him getting all of that money. Um, I don't know if it fully kind of, you know, satisfies, for me personally, I don't think it, you know, Mm -hmm. fully satisfies, uh, you know, what he's going to be earning and the type of play he should, you know, where he should be at. Um, you know, I, the thing with Wiggins is we, we have seen a lot of, uh, you know, defensive strides from him this year. And, you know, the way that he's kind of been able to not necessarily take over games, but, you know, kind of keep guys in check, uh, you know, opponents in check on with, with his defensive abilities. Um, that, that has made a jump this year compared to that of, of previous years. So that, that is very encouraging to see. Um, you know, for me, the, the combination of, you know, Wiggins's ability defensively, like like we have have seen, and I just mentioned, mixed with, you know, him just having that, that inner fire, um, you know, that we see against Cleveland, that we see against maybe Toronto, or, or you know, maybe you know, like we did against uh, Chicago the other night when he was going up against Zach Levine, 
Um, we need to see that more often from Wiggins. And I, I think once we see that um, consistently, um, you know, I, I think that that maybe will, um, you know, combine to maybe fully, fully satisfy me personally on, you know, the kind of contract he is getting. I mean, we, we haven't really seen that fully from him. But, you know, the, the defensive side and everything that he's been able to do defensively, you know, that is that is encouraging. And that's, you know, that's definitely a good sign. Don't get me wrong. That's not, not by any means a bad thing. Um, but, you know, like you said, um, you know, the, this, this upcoming stretch not only be an important test for, for Minnesota in general, but, you know, that will, this will be an important test for Wiggins. And, you know, I think we will see and learn a lot about, you know, how, how much he is able to, you know, kind of step up in, in big situations, especially with, with Butler down. Um, but, yeah, that defensively is going to be a big test for him. Um, you know, obviously they have the way Jeff Teague's been playing offensively as of late. You know, they have obviously Towns. They have Jamal Crawford that can come off the bench, produce offensively. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think Wiggins, like you said, needs to, you know, have huge offensive games. Um, you know, if he maintains his, his numbers that he's been, you know, having up to this point in the season, I think that'd be perfectly fine. Um, but, you know, we do need to see him step up defensively and, and this test will, you know, it will, or this, this upcoming schedule will, will definitely test him to, to see, you know, how, how well he is, uh, coming, you know, coming along defensively and how, how good of a defender he is. Absolutely. And just looking at the, the games for the, the Trailblazers, at home they uh, beat the Warriors, talked about that a little earlier, and then they've been on the road the last couple games. But against the Kings the other night on Tuesday, uh, they were at home. I really feel like this place is going to be rumbling. Uh, I think that the Portland Trailblazer fan base is just going to be uh, really hyped up to have their their team on a streak at home against a, a good Timberwolves team, uh, a Timberwolves team that is in third place right now in the Western Conference and does not have Jimmy Butler. So that place is going to be rolling. Damian Lillard loves performing, especially in front of a home crowd. I think he is going to have a, or at least go for a really big night or, or be pushing to have a, a really big night in front of that home crowd on the wing streak. At home, in front of a, a crowd that's rumbling, is there a point guard that scares you more right now than Damian Lillard? I don't think so. He, I mean, he is a. You even look. I don't I remember what who the uh, Portland was. For some reason, I'm drawing a blank. Who they were playing uh, the other night when, you know, he stepped up big in the fourth quarter with a couple putback slams and just kind of what's that? The Suns. He's oh okay okay he, when yep, he won Suns. that game. But, yep. and, and you know he he stepped up you know late in that game and you know that's really what he's been doing all year. That's the kind of player he has been for you know the bulk of his career. Honestly, um, you know he steps up in big situations, especially late in the game. It's you know, like he says, it's it's Damian Lillard time. So I mean, that's you know that that he thrives in that situation, especially at home. Um, you know, playing against a team like the Timberwolves, who you know Portland, you know they're in the, they're in the fifth seed in the West. They're a game and a half back of that that three seed, the Wolves in the three seed. So this is a big game for them as well. Um, you know, like you said, they're they're rolling right now. They're playing at home in front of their home crowd. Um, I'm sure that place is going to be rocking. They're trying not to fall. You know, it went there, and like I mentioned in the fifth seed, they're you know tied with with uh, New Orleans and and OKC for that that fifth seed. So they're trying not to fall down to you know even seven or maybe even uh, you know eight with with a little bit of a slump. So they're you know they're trying to fight for position as well as you know everybody else. It seems like in that Western Conference. So this it along with it uh, you know probably being you know being a good game uh, competition wise. Uh, between the Wolves and, and, and Trailblazers, you know, this this is a huge game as far as, you know, jockeying for position once the postseason comes around. And, um, you know, that that in itself is, is you know, a, a good enough reason to watch and, and should be a good enough reason for why this game will be entertaining, definitely. 
Well, Lillard is always he's always able to put up big stats, and he's always been a, a really good shooter and playmaker and distributor. But during this little four-game streak, he has posted 44 and 40 points in two of the four games, and he has also shot 56%. 57% and 48% in three of those four games from three-point range. So he has been – he has just been lighting it up. He has just been just electric, and he's going to be really tough to stop. That's the key, really. And uh, if the – they like to run those little high screens on the outside to try and get him free. The Timberwolves really have got a crashed on, on the outside screens and crash on the on the screens on the three-point line and if they get some shots inside on, on pick and rolls off of that I think you got to be fine with that because the defense of the the Timberwolves is not strong enough to defend both so you've got to pick your poison and you've just got to you just got to crash on on the, those kind of screens at the top uh, and make sure they're not getting free three-point looks for Lillard mm-hmm. or McCollum because that's really going to kill the Timberwolves. Right, right, exactly. And you, you even, um, you know, kind of going back a little bit to, to Damian Lillard, you know, a lot of times, or, you know, late in the season, like, like it is right now, we, we've seen, you know, you have, you know, James Harden with, with Houston, you have, you know, Anthony Davis with uh, New Orleans, you have, I mean, Russ has been doing it all year with, with OKC, but you have, you know, those, those big time players, um, you know, making big time plays for their teams when it matters most. They're stepping up when they, when they need to. Um, you know, and I think that even wraps around to, to Wiggins and Towns just with what we, you know, especially without Jimmy Butler, what we need to see from from the Wolves and, and you know, specifically you know, Wiggins and Towns, like I mentioned. Um, we need to see them step up, and, you know, that this will be a, a big game and opportunity for that, you know, like, like we've seen from all the, you know, the other teams in, in the Western Conference and throughout the NBA in general. Um, you know, they big players step up when it matters most and they, you know, they step up for their teams when, when they need them the most. And, you know, that, that separates winning teams and that separates, uh, you know, top tier playoff teams from the rest of the pack. So um, that, that'll be a big thing uh, to watch out for as well. Just kind of, you know, as well as everything else, you know, when it comes down to the fourth quarter, if it is a close game, who's stepping up for, for both Minnesota and Portland, you know, who's, you know, who's, who's making the big plays when it matters most. And I think that, you know, for Minnesota, that needs to be you know Wiggins or Towns. Obviously, that's that's their their two biggest threats right now. So that you know, it, it'll be interesting to see who who steps up in this game and kind of carries their team over over the hump to a win. We're going to take a quick break for some sponsors before we dive back into the the Timberwolves conversation about the games they have coming up uh, over the next couple of days. But first, some sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I had a theory I pitched on the show a couple days ago. Uh, my theory was is that if the Timberwolves, they played really efficient basketball against the Kings and the Bulls, and the best defense that the Timberwolves can play right now is that they can play really efficient offense. I know that's not exactly what you want to hear from a team that hasn't been exactly fantastic on defense all season and now just lost their best defender, but it's impossible for me to imagine them growing leaps and browns leaps and bounds defensively while their Jimmy Butler's out for the remainder of this regular season. So what you can hope for is incremental improvements, maybe a little baby step improvements game by game from guys like Towns or Wiggins, those young uh, high ceiling level players. And then for the rest of the team, if you can continue to play efficient basketball take smart shots don't don't really stretch yourself too much uh, obviously you want to you want to have guys like Wiggins step a little bit out of their comfort zone maybe shoot some more three point shots but as a team if you can just find good shots and make that extra pass to get to the player who's open or get to the player who's in his spot who who you know can knock down a shot from that spot wherever he is whoever that player is and play really efficient on offense that may be the best defense you can hope for for the Timberwolves and so when you're letting up 100 points to the Kings that's fine because you're able to score around 120 because you're getting that efficient basketball and that's the best version of this team right now that that was my pitch first your thoughts on that, and second, is that the the format that you can use to beat Portland, or are they going to eat you up on offense because they want to play that style where you're going shot for shot? Well, Minnesota, you know, even at the you know, beginning of the year, coming into the, the to the regular season, even with with a healthy Jimmy Butler and, and all the additions that they did have, you know, they they talked about, um, and when I say they, I mean you know Tom Thibodeau in in, in training camp and in the preseason, he kind of talked about how. You know, Minnesota is a good offensive team. They're, you know, and, and that, their stats have backed it up this year. They're a top five off- offensive team in the league um, as far as, you know, offensive production and putting up points and kind of uh, trying to outscore opponents. Um, but it's it's no secret that, you know, they have they have struggled on the, the defensive end. And that hasn't, I mean, they, they, they've kind of had flashes, but that it hasn't to an extent, um, you know, improved at all. And, and obviously that, you know, it hurts now with having Jimmy Butler out. Uh, don't get me wrong, but... Um, you know, with with the way that Minnesota is able to put up numbers offensively, you know, I think it's kind of you can kind of expect at this point of the year that you know they're going to try and beat teams, just basically outscore teams rather than you know try and shut them down, um, which probably drives Tom Thibodeau absolutely crazy. But that's that's just kind of the way it is. Um, you know, that that's something that we've seen. You know, even in the last couple of games, like you mentioned, with them putting up almost you know, basically 120 points a night. Um, or you know, at least in the in the last two wins, putting up 120 points. You know they're they're going to outscore. You know they're going to outscore their opponents and try and outscore their opponents, and it's going to be a high scoring game. And I think that's that's just the the way that we you know have to expect games right now um, when it comes to the Wolves, especially with uh, you know their best defender and Jimmy Butler being out for an extended period of time. So 
Um, you know, and, and to touch on your, the second uh, portion of your question, you know, I, I think that, you know, we'll see a lot of the similar traits tonight where it's going to be, you know, a high-scoring game. What what kind of, you know, concerns me is, you know, C.J. McCollum is kind of a player that's hurt Minnesota to an extent as well as, you know, the rest of the NBA. But, you know, when they when they have been playing, Portland's been playing Minnesota, you know, C.J. McCollum's kind of been a, a threat from the outside. And that's that's been Minnesota's Achilles heel, heel all season is they let teams let it fly from the outside and that's you know that that in return can hurt them very quickly if teams are hitting those those threes uh you know often and and early on in the game so i you know i i do think that you know it it will be you know kind of a an offensive offensive game don't uh, that that'll you know that'll be that that'll be very evident early on i think (laughs) um but you know it's it's all about you know mainly you know even if this game is in the you know 120s whatever it is it's all about getting that that stop, or you know, converting on that and on one more bucket at the end of the game, and you know that's that ties all back into you know who's going to step up for Minnesota, whether that you know is Wiggins defensively, whether that's you know Towns hitting a three late in the fourth, or you know something like that, where um, you know it's it's all about. I think this game will come down to you know a handful of plays or maybe one or two plays that kind of sets you know either Portland or Minnesota apart from the other. Well, and to if you can just play really solid defense for a quarter, that might make all the difference. Like you saw this right. against the Kings where they had that third quarter where they outscored them mm-hmm. 34-17 and you have that efficient basketball throughout the entire game on offense and then that one quarter of really stout defense where they just get some turnovers and make some make some points off of turnovers and get some stops and that kind of turns out to be the big difference in that game that actually was pretty tight in the first and second quarters. Uh, and maybe that's something that you see again in this one where it's a, a three-point game headed into halftime and then they have a really strong third quarter on defense and that's just all it takes. And uh, the over the last six games, Minnesota is the eighth offense in uh, in the NBA at 113.3 points per game. Portland is at 13th with 109.8 points per game. Uh, there's going to be some points scored in this game and so really it comes down to if you can get a, a really good 10-minute stretch on defense, maybe that's the the real difference in this game right and and you know minnesota's done a, a nice job uh specifically in the third quarter it seems like coming out um you know out of halftime it's you know looking back even a year ago uh, you know last year with with minnesota struggles in the third quarter it's kind of nice to you know see minnesota flip that around this year um and you know they they see they seem like they you know come out of come you know which it's it should be they come out of halftime with a little bit of energy and, and you know try and take advantage of, of things early on in that in that third quarter coming or starting off the second half. Um, so yeah, that that definitely I think that's you know kind of a moment and kind of a time in the game that that'll be important and kind of uh, for a lot of people to keep their eye on that you know portion of the game um, because you know that that seems like that is Minnesota's opportunity to try and or that's when they try to um, you know take advantage of things and kind of separate themselves a little bit so they have a little bit of a cushion going into you know, the later part of the, the third quarter or even, you know, the fourth quarter. So that, that third quarter is definitely going to, I think, be something to watch, you know, mainly that the first half of that third quarter um, and just kind of see what, what kind of energy Minnesota comes out with and, and uh, you know, kind of see if they, they're able to, you know, extend that, that a lead if they have a lead or, you know, take the lead or, you know, kind of get a little bit of a cushion going into the fourth quarter. Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to touch on the Utah Jazz game that is going down on Friday night as well really quickly. Uh, To be honest with the listener, 
I am actually spending my spring break. I am getting my wisdom teeth taken out tomorrow morning, uh, bright wow. and early. And uh, these little monsters are super impacted. So I'm not going to be doing a show Friday. Uh, and I probably won't be doing one Monday or Tuesday anyways. I'm planning on coming back either Tuesday or uh, Wednesday at the latest uh, just because uh, they're telling me I'm going to be in a world of hurt. And so talking is probably not going to be the move for me. Uh, the Timberwolves don't play after the Jazz game. They don't play until Thursday against the Celtics. I'll definitely have plenty of podcasts up by uh, by then to cover the Celtics game and and uh, be covering what happens over these next couple games as well. But I apologize to the listeners. Uh, I will be gone for a few days, but it'll only be a couple of shows, and then I'll be back. So make sure you go uh, and check out. Go back, and if you missed them, listen to the podcast I did on Wednesday with uh, Chris Grenham, uh, an NBA writer for SB Nation's NBA page and for their uh, Oklahoma City Thunder page. So I will be out of commission for a little bit, but make sure you go check out some of those shows, and I'll be back with uh, Celtics-Timberwolves coverage. But I wanted to make sure I, I covered some of the Utah Jazz games. So Utah Jazz, Utah Jazz, Mitch, uh, they went into the All-Star break with an 11-game winning streak. And they have not looked great after the All-Star break. They played Portland and got blown out. Uh, They had a weird game against the Rockets where it was like oddly sort of close but really low scoring. And the Rockets kind of, even though it was close, the Rockets didn't really feel like they ever were in doubt of winning that one. And then they they beat the Mavericks, the only team they've beaten since the the All-Star break. What do you think of this Jazz team right now? You know, the... I'm just looking at their schedule right now too, and they that the Jazz are are going to be, I think, a team to kind of watch towards the the end of the season or even this this uh, you know last stretch of the season. Obviously, they you know they've uh, like you mentioned they've they've kind of been you know before the All Star break more than now they you know they were they were on that hot streak they had an 11 game winning streak you know even after the the Rockets lost the other night they're they're still 14 and four in their last 18 games which is you know, pretty remarkable if you think about it. They're just thirty-one and thirty right now. Just to you know, kind of see or give you a scale of, of where they you know where they came from and kind of how how big of a turnaround they've had. But you know, looking after the Minnesota uh, game for Utah, they you know they play the Kings twice in like a you know, basically a ten-game stretch. They play the Magic. They they play the Grizzlies. They play the Suns. So they you know they play the Hawks. They have you know an opportunity to take advantage of that that schedule. Um, they do end the season kind of on a on a little bit of a tougher note, but um, you know, given where the the Western Conference standings is right now, um, obviously the Jazz are are in the tenth spot right now, but they're five and a half games back of Minnesota in the, in the third seed. So they're they and they're what are they two two yeah they're two games out of the the eighth seed behind the behind the Clippers and Nuggets. So they're they're not out of it by any means, and you know they are, you know they're they're kind of a, a sneaky uh, dangerous team, and you know the. Um, you know the big thing for Utah that you know in their in their recent hot stretches they finally have a healthy Rudy Gobert um, that you know that's been a, obviously a big thing for them he had a couple knee injuries this year so it's you know that that's been a big thing for them to add to the mix with what you know the play of, of Donovan Mitchell who to me is the rookie of the year this year um, uh, so you know it, they are a sneaky sneaky good team and you know for for Utah um, you know they're, they're kind of not, I don't want to say necessarily one-dimensional, but once you take Donovan Mitchell out of the mix, um, you know they're they're a te- they're a lot less scary, um, and you know I think that that's a big thing for them. They need to add a few more pieces, kind of you know throw in a few pieces to the mix with with Donovan Mitchell and and obviously Ricky Rubio and Rudy Gobert. So um, you know, in another player that's you know within Utah that uh, you know kind of had a 
a nice season that's been flying under the radar is Joe Ingles. He's you know he's been having a, a great year for Utah as well, um, and you know he's he's obviously someone that can can light it up from deep. So they have a lot of a lot of different pieces um, that that can kind of hurt you on their own. Um, but Utah's Utah is a, they're going to be a, a team to watch I think down the stretch this year and in, in as far as the Western Conference race and where they where they lie within it. I know the win streak happened, uh, or it started in the at the tail end of January, but the bulk of the win streak was in February. And in February, the Utah Jazz were the 17th offense in the NBA, averaging 106 points per game. Over the last three games, the Utah Jazz are dead last in offense, averaging 87.7 points per game. Drastic shift there, uh, as they have really heavily tailed off over the last few games. Here's the thing. It, it feels like even though they're on the road, and I know this was a home game for the Timberwolves, but the home game for the Timberwolves when Jimmy Butler was out and they beat the the, Rap- the Toronto Raptors and Kyle Lowry had 40 points, that feels like the perfect blueprint for this game. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have Donovan Mitchell, let him score 35 points as long as you keep everybody else under wraps. I think they're going to be fine. I think if you let Donovan get his, I don't know if – he is enough of an offensive scorer or I don't know if he's enough of a playmaker to go off and have a big night and get his teammates involved I just it's hard for me to see a rookie doing that especially kind of after they uh they used a bunch of his powers in that 11 game win streak to kind of get them back into the position where they're playing for a playoff spot but I it just I feel that if they really let Donovan Mitchell go off and put everybody else under wraps they're going to be hard pressed to get a win uh the jazz are against the timberwolves right and the thing with uh the jazz as well is you know they they're obviously known for they're one of the top teams in the league in 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 defense and they have been you know especially in this the stretch that they kind of put together over the last month month and a half they've you know they they are one of the league's top defensive teams and you know i think with with the timberwolves what what they you know need to try and do is Try and get out to an early lead. Make Utah, you know, try and play catch up ball because you know they, you know, they're not, um, you know, necessarily a team that has a lot of the firepower. That you know, if maybe if Joe Ingles isn't hitting threes, you know, they have Donovan Mitchell, and that's you know that's about it offensively as far as trying to you know close the gap when they are behind. Um, so you know, try to you know put them in a position where they have to you know be offensive minded and they have to be an offensive team. Because they have, you know, especially in the last three games, like you mentioned, they have struggled in that area. Um, and, you know, they're not a great offensive team. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, Wolves fans have seen, you know, with Ricky Rubio in the last handful of years that, you know, he's he's maybe not as as, as capable as, as many would have, have liked to, you know, take over games offensively. Um, and, you know, Rudy Gobert, you know, if you keep him in check inside, um, and, you know, you have Joe Ingles outside that's maybe not hitting a few shots. Like you said, you have Donovan Mitchell, and that's really about it. Um, and, you know, it, the thing with, with Utah is, like, like I mentioned, with, with Utah is that they, you know, they're not a very great offensive-minded team, and I think that Minnesota needs to try and take advantage of that, especially with the numbers that they've put up this year. Um, you know, so if, it's, if it is a high-scoring game, I think that that'll definitely play in Minnesota's favor. Um, but if, you know, if Utah is rolling with, you know, holding Minnesota in check, you know, with with their their stellar defense, um, I think this game will be a lot closer than many many would hope. So before we head out here, just final thought on uh, 
on the games before they have a, a really nice break here. Uh, the Timberwolves, they don't like I said, they don't play the Celtics until Thursday night after the their Friday game against Utah. So if they, after beating uh, the the Kings and the Bulls and kind of getting revved up for the stretch that they have to go into without Jimmy Butler, if they can beat Portland and Utah on the road. Uh, before this break and before they get into the schedule where they play the Celtics and the Warriors and the Rockets again, how big is that just going in and and beating these two teams? How much of a confidence boost is that for this team? Because for me, it would be everything. If they can beat these two teams, it would actually give them a puncher's chance here going into the real meat of their schedule to finish out the regular season. Yeah, that, that, you know, that would be, you know, a great way to, to start that off. Obviously, they'd be riding a, a four-game winning streak at that point coming back home, um, which they, you know, they have played really well well at home in front of their, their home crowd at Target Center. Um, you know, if, if they could, you know, even, you know, you look at the, the those three home games following the, the Portland game and the, and the Utah game, they played Boston Celtics at home, like you mentioned. They play Golden State and they play Houston. Um, you know, those, those three games will, will be huge for Minnesota as far as, you know, they, you'd like to see them at least win, you know, one of those games, obviously if that, maybe that's not asking for a whole lot, but, you know, given the caliber of, of Houston and, and Golden State, um, as well as Boston, you know, you'd like to see them take one of those games. If they can take two of those games, I, I think that that's a, you know, a big success, um, from Minnesota's standpoint. But, you know, if they could, you know, win those two games on the road against Portland and Utah first, um, you know that that is huge because you know Minnesota has struggled on the road this year. Um, obviously, they're they're thirteen and nineteen on the road, um, and they're you know they're facing two. You know, Portland's in the playoff race right now. Utah's kind of in the hunt. Um, so you know they are playing two potential playoff what you know playoff teams in the West. Um, you know, in that you know that it will be a, a huge test for Minnesota, and you know I think that. You know, with these next seven games, um, you know, the, with the with the tough stretch in this next seven games, you know, if they can win, you know, maybe around if they can go around, obviously they can't go 500, but if they could win, you know, four of those games, I think that's you know that is a big success for Minnesota just to kind of maintain their spot within within the standings and kind of you know just survive the stretch. And if they can do that, I think they'll they'll be in good shape. Um, obviously they, they would hope to, uh, soon after that, maybe, you know, in the distant future, get Jimmy Butler back. Um, you know, and if, if that can happen, things, I think things will, things will be rolling for Minnesota and, and hopefully that, that means they're, they're talking about, uh, you know, ending that playoff drought, but you know, th- this will be a big test for Minnesota for sure. And, um, you know, it, it all starts with these, these two games on the road here coming up. And when I say give them a puncher's chance, this is a good team. I don't want to make it sound like I don't think mm-hmm. this team can win games or anything like that. It's just this is a young team. Uh, you've seen already there's been times during the season, uh, early on with Towns' defense, uh, later on with the slump that Wiggins went through. Most of the problems that this team is going to have, uh, for the youth at least, is between the ears. Uh, and it's nothing to do with their talent and more to do with uh, the mental side of the game. And so just building their con- – they've just lost their superstar for Pete's sake. Mm-hmm. Just building their confidence going into a really tough stretch of games against some of the best offenses in the game and, so- and one of the best defenses in the game. I think it's so important to be keep building their confidence and and getting road wins against uh, against good teams in the West with key players in, in the Western Conference. I think will be 
leaps and bounds going towards uh, towards building their confidence against teams like the Rockets and the the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics without their superstar. So that's why I think these are important. I think the talent is there. I just it, it would help their confidence so much if they're able to go into this on a four game winning streak. Yeah, and they're you know it is you're playing for any team in the in the NBA or really any sport. You know, playing in front of your your hometown crowd and you in your you know get the in your home arena. Um, you know that that gives you a, a boost in itself. But if you're you know coming in winning, you know let's say Minnesota does win against Portland tonight, and they they, they turn around and, and beat the Jazz tomorrow night. Um, you know it, it that would be in their you know winning what five of their last six games, riding you know coming into home uh, or coming back home to face Boston and, and Golden State. And you know that's you know if for for any athlete and for any you know competitor, you want to play the best and beat the best. And if you're playing them at home, you're having success. Maybe the teams were playing well. Um, you know, that, there's not much more you can really ask for as far as you know getting hyped up for that game. So I think you know there there will be you know granted that Minnesota does well in these in these next two games against Portland and Utah. I think there will be a lot of um, you know anticipation for for that uh, little home stint against Boston and Golden State just for the fact that you are playing the top you know top teams in in each conference basically or top two teams in each in each conference. So. You know that that that'll be uh, hopefully that that means that Minnesota will be up for for the challenge and that you know they'll um, you know be kind of riding high coming back home and hopefully they can try and at least you know, split that or, or try and you know take care of business with those two games. Absolutely, uh, I I really I really think they have a a very good chance that they that they win both of these games on the road. I really like the matchups that they have. Uh, and I think it'll be I think it'll be a big indicator of how they'll play against uh, some of these top level teams. Uh, that's it for me. Uh, and th- Mitch, thanks again for coming on the show. Always love having you on. Uh, and thanks to the listeners for tuning in to another uh, episode. I'm sorry that I'm going to be on break, but make sure you go back and listen to some of the the old shows. Had some really great guests on over the last couple of months, so make sure you go check out those again. And I will be back in a few days. To, to have you guys tune into another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.